This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 217 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and this week it's just me and Chris. How are you doing mate? Are you well? Hello, yeah, very well thank you mate. How are you doing? I'm I'm good. I've I've had a fun time with a sleep study and I've I'd, I'd spent a lot of money that I was hoping to spend on holiday next week um, on, on some cooling my room down. But yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. I just need some proper sleep now. Um, what have you been up to? <laughs> you been doing anything fun? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. uh, so no, I have a uh, really busy time at work at the moment. Um, not a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, Aside from that, really, like I said uh, last week, like grassroots football season's properly had a bit, a bit of a lockdown now. We've got some pre-season friendlies organised, so I'm actually having a couple of weeks away from thinking about all that sort of stuff. Um, the football manager kind of database stuff is is taking up a bit of time. That's all good fun. Um, yeah, just so it's all good fun. It's all good fun. I mean, but but I have to admit, after saying I was ready to t- take my eye off the ball last time last week, it's back on it again. I've taken a real interest in the transfer window and all the news around, not just Lincoln, but just football in general. Yeah, it didn't take me long to kind of get back into all that at all. No, well, that was it. Last week, it was kind of, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Football's finished. And then it's like this week, football's not finished. Football's yeah. never finished. With <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's not finished <laughs> at all for anyone, is it? We're assigned to Well, no, that's very true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, sort of a little bit of a, we've got a, an exciting weekend to look ahead to. I'm Absolutely. Like, Yes, the, the wedding of uh, of Mr. Gary Hutchinson. That'd be great. Indeed. Fun. So uh, yeah, he's uh, it, he, he's not on this week for, for kind of obvious reasons. He's very busy sorting stuff out for his wedding. Um, so uh, yeah, be sure to you know send him all of your best regards. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll undoubtedly have something um, several pints deep on saturday to to put out there for, for everybody um for a bit of fun we did say that for the stag to be fair we did we just never we just but then didn't. we forgot it, yeah basically we forgot and also we were whitewater rafting so it would have been quite difficult yeah <laughs> that's very true 
But um, yeah, I mean, one th- one thing I wanted to briefly touch on, sort of away from football, is have you ever? And this is kind of the unscheduled banter bit because I didn't actually tell you about this. So I should have done, um, but unscheduled banter. Has there ever been like a TV show or some piece of pop culture that you've come to a lot later than everybody else, and suddenly you can't find? people to talk about it with because they've already moved on from it you know what yes and no so no is in not yet but there's one thing and people are going to absolutely can i knock me down for this um because i'm i'm a nerd i know i am and i embrace it <laughs> i like sci-fi i like science um and i've never seen star wars any of them and i know i would like it i know i would enjoy them i know i would but i've never seen them and i just don't know where to start and again, that ship has sailed for everyone else, hasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it feels to actually then get exposed to it and, and enjoy it later, but I know what it, it feels like to know that I would like it, but I feel like I've missed out. So some of it does depend on how much you already are aware of in the in the culture sphere. Um, there are obvious memes and jokes and, you know, elements of the plot, shall we say, that are, that are quite well known. Okay. Um, but yeah, depending on how much of that you know. Very little. There are some okay. There are some proper, in inverted commas, ways to watch it. Um, okay. One of which I think is called like the Machete Order. Oh, um, that sounds that sounds violent. Yeah, because because the first episode one's not that great. You know, spoiler alert. So what people kind of say is that you watch, um, oh, what was it episode two? No, you watch episode four, then episode five, then two, then three, because it keeps a key surprise relevant. And then you watch episode six, seven, eight. So basically, I you feel kind of, like I'll need you, instructing on this off yeah, camera. You, maybe you, you chop them around, and then you you miss out episode one because it's crap, basically. Fair enough. Um, I imagine there was a reason you asked that question, though, Ben. Yeah, because I've started watching Succession. Oh, you see, I haven't seen this either, but I've heard a lot about it recently. So you can't be the only person that's just found it because yeah, you're, well, not, it, I you're think, not the I, only person that's mentioned this to me. I think season four's just finished. Um, so I kind of started watching it um, a while ago and I've just binged like most mm. of it. I'm, I'm sort of, I've just finished season three. So I've got like... Oh, cool. That does remind me actually. I I don't know if it's, if it's as big as, as that. I watched Vikings recently oh, Okay. Um, from a start. It was brilliant. Absolutely loved it and hadn't seen it before. Um, me and my partner started watching it, and then for those of you that have seen it, there's a particular scene where a particular car- uh, character gets what's known as blood eagled, which is very violent and horrible. And then that was that was Steph's kind of quick match. Yeah, I don't think I can watch any more of it. I was like, That's, <laughs> this is the best bit so far. Um, and then I I was ill. I was I was ill for a few days, so I just binged the whole thing while I was kind of just in bed. And uh, yeah, it's like nine series. I watched it in like a week and a bit. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, like Succession, I I kind of described it to somebody because they were like, oh, I should probably watch that as well. And I was like, yeah, it's basically Game of Thrones, but crossed with The Apprentice. Oh, um, fair enough. Okay, that sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It's kind of, yeah, like a business-oriented family drama that's played across multi-billion dollar deals. It's, uh, okay. yeah, it's really good. And it's got a lot of swearing in it, which, you know, it's, Brian Cox is brilliant. Not not the professor Brian Cox, because that would be that would be quite impressive. 
Ah, now, so we've got a business deal that we're going to do, but we need to do it under the moon, under the light of Mars, or what? I don't know. Um, You know what? That's a pretty good impression. That's (laughs) genuinely decent, that is. So anyway, enough we need about to clip that. Can you clip that? Someone, please clip that. <laughs> Saying that as if there's anyone else here other than you and me. But someone yeah. that needs to clip that and put it on like a YouTube <laughs> short or something. So anyway, uh, let's let's move away from from TV shows and stuff because you know we're we're here to talk about Lincoln City. We are trying to drag it out ever so slightly because there's not a huge amount of news to talk about. But what there is to talk about is actually quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, we have got some some football type things have happened this week, which is which is fun. We've signed some players, yay, yay! Uh, so the first one, first summer signing, uh, came on the twelfth, which was Monday, I believe, um, and that was Alistair Smith. Uh, we talked about him last week as you know, kind of a rumored target. Um, it was very heavily rumored at that point. I think um, there's a couple of a couple of places saying, oh, you know, more or less there with the deal. Um, but yeah, Alistair Smith comes in on a free transfer following uh, his uh, contract coming to an end at Sutton United. And uh, yeah, he's an imp signing on a two-year deal. Um, quite exciting. I'm, yeah, um, yeah, obviously I'm, we, we mentioned it last week, didn't we, in a, in a bit of depth. So we're probably mm-hmm. not going to go into a huge amount of depth today. Um but I'm really excited about this this sign, and it's exactly the type of player that I just like to see us go for. You know, it's the, the kind of the, the the top players from the league below. It's a real step up, but he's he's done that before. At, you know, went from lower level of long league into national league, national league into league two, and um, a lot of the sort of United supporters have said, yeah, he's just outgrown us basically. You know, he's 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 progressed faster than we have, and you know, I've seen nothing but well wishes. On uh, mm. from Sutton fans on on Twitter, um, which you don't always get when a player leaves at the end of their contract, and you know some, sometimes you, you get a little bit of you know um, backlash and, and, and negativity. And I haven't seen any. I think they've all just kind of gone fair enough. Yeah, he deserves yeah. his move. Maybe similar to how we see Regan Paul. Really, you know, we yeah. we all know he's he's a step above this level now, and he's progressed kind of quicker than we have. And we all wish him well. So yeah, for those of you that, that weren't able to listen last week, he's a really physical, hardworking box to box midfielder. Um, just score a few goals each season. He was he was uh, scored nine goals the season before last. Uh, I think he got five last season, uh, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was injured for a little bit of it. But he's, that was his first real injury of his whole career. He, he plays a lot of games. Um, it's just exactly the sort of thing that Mark Candy said he wanted to bring in players that are that are really physical, have a bit of height, a bit of aggression, um, and are available regularly. Um, so yeah, it's just a really exciting signing. Um, I fully expect him to be a first team regular you know i think yep. he's joined us to to play regularly on football um and he does work really you know if we are going to play a two in midfield he, he really complements ethan irahan really well and if we're going to play a three in there even with what we've got in the squad at the moment before we sign anyone else we play a midfield three of irahan as a, a kind of a holding midfielder you play a box-to-box midfielder in smith and you've got like a, a more of a ball playing attacking kind of creative player in in Ted Bishop, it's a really nicely balanced midfield hmm. for a three as well, and that's that's probably forgetting about people that you know that we've already got in the squad as well. So, yeah, really excited about it. It's a good, it's a really good start to the transfer window. It's really good to get started so early as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. I mean, my my understanding is the transfer window officially opened either yesterday or today. Yeah, that's it. Yesterday, um, I think. You know, we're recording this on on Thursday, so it was either Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember the, the exact day off the top of my head, um, but it was good to see. You know, obviously the 
Um, there is some talk about other players who are potentially coming to the end of their contract or they are coming to the end of the contract at other teams. They've kind of been told they can leave at the end of the contract. Um, my mind kind of goes to Cole Stockton, but obviously we don't, you know, we know as much as anybody on that one, not like, we don't know where that conversation is. Um, but I would just like to place on the record, I would be incredibly surprised if we do sign Carl Stockton. I'm kind of in the same I'm mode. Not, I'm not <laughs> expecting it at all. If it happens, then we'll embrace it. But I really I really can't yeah. see it at all. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's other players that potentially may come in. Like, We will start to see them maybe towards the end of next week or, or the week after as the contracts actually expire. Yeah, so, so the think, 30th of June yeah. is the official end of, of, of all EFL contracts. Yeah, so, you know, obviously there'll be some players that will stay until that contract has officially expired. Obviously, Regan Paul is likely going to be one of those. We'll see some, probably see some movement on him in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, We'll see. Um, there's there's a lot to a lot to be excited about. But before we move on, um, Charlie got to talk to Neil from the Sutton United Talk Time On podcast um, uh, about Alistair Smith, and here's what he had to say. Hello, and welcome to a, another interview. This time we are joined by Neil from Sutton United Talk Time on podcast um, as I have just been told is a very subtle way to have the acronym Sutton United Talk Time on as actually Sutton. Um, I wouldn't have noticed that myself Neil said he didn't notice it for a while um, so what are the I, I, do you know what I've had I've done these interviews now for about coming up to six months well maybe not quite that long three three four months and the amount of amazing podcast names that I hear, uh, there are some brilliant, brilliant puns. And this is obviously just another great one. So, Neil, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Charlie. Good. And it's uh, good, good for a chance to uh, to join you, though. Not in the circumstances, really. No, I can, like like I just said before we, uh, we started, and you said you were quite upset by this news. Um, it's a great sign for us. So, to give everybody context that's listening the reason i'm talking to neil today is because if you haven't seen last week we signed uh alistair smith a 24 year old scottish midfielder from sutton united he's been there for two seasons um beforehand was at altrincham and mansfield i do believe so the reason i wanted to talk to neil was basically let's get a little bit of an idea of what kind of a player we're getting on our hands here. So basically, Neil, that's the question. What what should we be expecting? So, as I said before, I, I think you've got a, a real diamond in, in Ali. So it's a bit of a cliche, one of these box-to-box midfielders, but, but he is like that. He... Uh, he first came to our attention on the touchline when he played for Autrium because he was just that annoying player that always seemed to get in the way of a shot or he seemed to just get in the way of a pass. With, he's got very <laughs> long legs. He used to stick his legs out and he was just a real annoying irritation, the sort of player that you wish was playing for you and not playing for the yeah. opposition because basically they're a pain in the backside. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's when he came to his attention because uh, I think he was a Mansfield player that was on loan to Altrincham um, during our last season when we won the National League. So that's when he first came to our attention. But little did we think that we'd sign him because essentially, you know, a Northern player, you know, it takes a bit for somebody to relocate yeah. further south. Well, yeah, it's uh, it, he's clearly been a good signing for you. Am I right in saying his very first season with you then, 21-22, he was your top goal scorer? I believe that was eight Yeah, I think he was. You got eight seasons. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were very good goals. They were sort of typically he'd get that shot just on the edge of the, the edge of the box, the clearance that came out, either he'd pick up a pass a knock down from one of the forwards or that, that ball that didn't get cleared particularly well. And he yeah. seemed to be there. Yeah. It seemed to be there. So uh, he's got a good, he's got a good, sh he's got a good shot on him. Oh, good. Not world is, but he tends to sort of take a shot and sort of perhaps place it rather than, uh, you know, giving it one of these worldy top corners. So largely, it'll probably go in the bottom corner rather than the top corner. I think as long as it goes in, I don't really think people care too much as to where where in the goal it ends up landing. Um, yeah, because it was, we, uh, for those of you that heard the podcast last week, we were talking transfer rumours and obviously Alistair Smith was um, very much at the top of that transfer rumours list for about a week and a half for us before actually signing so i sort of did my research and i looked you know takes a couple of shots a game in a game it seems and you know we can clearly put some away so it's i think he's a lot of people when they're watching us and let's say the ball comes out from a corner or anything like that or the ball ends up on the edge of the box and you have so many people that just want somebody to shoot and i think sometimes we've not necessarily had that so hopefully having somebody like uh, like Alistair could really just just put those chances away or at least even create those chances because you never know you hit the you hit the shot and ricochets off the keeper you don't know where it's going into the box into that sort of um corridor of uncertainty wherever you know and something could come of it so that's really promising to hear one thing that I, I wouldn't want it to put a down or on anything but one thing I think we do need to mention Last season and the season before, he only started 27 and 28 games, respectively, playing in 35 and 33, you know, only getting two and a half thousand minutes. Is that because the, because of the fact that you rotated a lot or is he maybe a little bit injury prone and we could expect him to be out for three or four games at a time a few times a season? It depends. Each You need to look at the two seasons in context. Mm -hmm. So initially, when he came to us in our first season in the EFL, he yep. wasn't the first choice player. So basically, right. the, the midfield four that had got us up were the first choice. So he would come off the bench or he then got his chance when Harry Buterman, who'd been one of our key players in the previous year, got a dislocated shoulder and was then out. Right. So basically, Ali then got thrown into the mix. Mm. So therefore, he then played until Harry came back. And in fact, Harry couldn't then really displace Harry, uh, Ali from the team. So that was okay. that. This past season, 
we had terrible injury problems when we lost all of our midfield, including Ali. It took right. a while. It took a while for him to get back. I think it was an ankle injury, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain in that. He probably came back earlier than you normally would come back because we had no midfield players. So therefore, in terms of, I think it's probably taken him playing with a lot of reliability, uh, uh, expectability on him being the player to play when perhaps he probably wasn't 100% fit. So that's why I'd say his performance in this past season didn't reflect the, quite the same levels of his performance in the first half of the season, yeah. but he's not an injury-prone player and uh, he he's he's tough. He's strong. It was just an unfortunate. Um, it was an unfortunate injury that meant he was out for you know a, a, a middle ch- the middle chunk of the season. You know, sort of from September October, and then he wasn't f- sort of fully back until uh, round about to Christmas New Year. So uh, that explains. But in the end, he was pretty well the first player on the team sheet. I would say. Oh, that is really promising then, because um, to give yourself you know, a little bit of context, I know there are uh, we had big injury problems, uh, not not really last season, season before, where we ended up getting a lot of players out, and I think some of our fans have been very wary about new signings and their ability to be able to play forty matches a season. So um, that's really promising to know that that's hopefully not something that we really have to worry about. Obviously, all being well-touched wood and all that um, with Ali. So that's really good then. Um, so you mentioned earlier he's sort of your, your kind of your classic box-to-box. Um, is he somebody that we, we would be expecting to really run his socks off for us, really have that kind of energy to go for almost a full 90 minutes? Yeah, he 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 is a sort of ninety-minute player. It's yeah. you know, it's it's unusual for him to be substituted. Yeah. So uh, you know, he generally, if he's starting, he'll he'll finish the game. And uh, as I said, he's back defending. He's up attacking. He's you know, he's there winning yeah. the ball in in midfield, and intends to be the more attacking-minded of the midfielders. Oh, that's that's good then. That is really good. Um, so it seems you know that we're going to be getting a really good player, and it's somebody who we can hopefully look forward. Actually, you know, actually look forward to enjoying watching, which is always a nice little treat um, when you're at the games. So, just a little bit on you guys at Sutton. Then, what's your sort of hopes for this season? Do you think you might be able to break into the top seven? Um, I, I'm probably one of the world's worst pessimists. So I'm <laughs> pessimistic about the season because we've had, like, we didn't, in our heart of hearts, we didn't expect to hang on to to Ali because he was potentially going to be too good for the for the level and yeah. we were aware there was interest. Um, we've lost a lot of other players. Some players have, you know, elected not to renew their contracts. Yeah, we've I've let seen you pass a big turnover. Yeah, so we're potentially, um, we could be looking with loans and all that sort of thing. 12 new players coming, half the squad has churned. Yeah. And we've lost we've lost five players who would be on the starting um, team sheet. 
for next season. And we've not replaced them with anybody as yet. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so you, so could have a season, you could have a season where you end up recruiting late and really, really well and get and end up breaking into the playoffs. Or you could have a total opposite season and be considerably far lower it down. Is, you know, it is, you know, it is frustrating. You know, we've got one of the smallest, if not the smallest budgets in the, in the, yeah. in the league, unfortunately not helped by now like Wrexham and Notts County, two very oh. ri relatively rich clubs coming in, um, you know, getting first pick, of all the toys in the toy box. And unfortunately, they tend to also inflate the the, the prices, the wages and all that sort of yeah. thing. So it has a, a slightly detrimental yeah. effect on, on us. So, um, you know, and we're, we're a club that is exceedingly well managed. They're never going to break the bank. They're only ever going to spend what's within their means. So basically it's sort of, it's, um, we're going to recruit or be able to attract the player who perhaps sees us as a good stepping stone, where they're going to be well looked after, good pastoral side to the to the club. We've got an excellent training facility that we, it's not ours, but we rented. It used to be um, QPR and Chelsea's before them out at Heathrow. So oh, it's, right. okay, yeah. it's a championship standard training facility. So they've got that. We've got a lovely new uh, grass pitch. So I bet you'll remember back when you visited us back in the National League days when it was oh, the, the 3G. <laughs> so uh, so from that point of view, so there's a good infrastructure at the club. So basically a nurturing family club where everybody knows everybody and it would be a good place for a developing player to player to come so and they are well looked after and clubs generally are happy to loan us players because we look after them uh, admittedly yeah. it didn't work out very well the the loan we had of charlie last year because unfortunately he never really got a chance um to, to get now, a run in the team because he came back to you uh in uh, january yeah a bit of a shame i think we you know we all very much hoped that it could have been better, but unfortunately, these are just the way that loans work, isn't it? One, you're going to get you're going to get a miss for every couple of hits. It's just the way it is, yeah. isn't it? It's um, it's a shame the loan loan system how it operates, you know. So, but yeah, um, well, if I'm honest, I'm gone. Sorry, I was going to say it was interesting looking back on our history because we've only ever played competitively twice between us which was the one year that we sh it was the one year we shared in the national oh. league when you won the national league it was the year of our both of our fabulous cup runs oh. and uh, you've ne we've uh, you've never beaten us so uh, you know well let's hope we don't draw you in a cup this season then <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we share another player actually i didn't realize he actually played when you were last at our place uh, was lee angle because you had lee angle as a lone player for a number of years because he's now signed um he's a local lad he was born in carshalton near near sutton in yeah, surrey yeah. so uh, he we he signed for us um uh last uh, last season and he i think he looks as if he's going to be a you know a good player for us oh, good. With a physical yeah, present good good shot on him so uh, that's the one positive sign that um i think probably he will be our first choice starting uh, 
number nine, number ten, whichever shirt oh, good. they give him. That is that is good to know then. Um, and yeah, basically, basically just good luck for the season. I've I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for you guys, especially well, especially the last couple of years, um, being in the been in the league and I've, I've been to been to a couple of games i haven't been to your ground yet i've got to be honest but i've been to i was in your end for the papa john's trophy final um i was oh, down at up at harrogate when you were up there for the final day of the season not last season season before so yeah it's a bit of a soft spot so good luck with the rest of it and uh, hope you have a great season and good luck to you. And now I'm going to be looking at Lincoln's going to be another one of those results are going to look for because we do like to follow how our ex players do. And we, oh, you know, always want them, yeah, we want yeah. them to do well, but not unless they play. If they play against us, then of course we want them to have a nightmare. Of course, always the way, always the way. All right. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Neil. And good luck. And good luck to you. Thanks a lot. Nice to speak to you, Charlie. Thank you very much to Charlie and Neil there for a little bit of insight um, on Alistair Smith. I mean, obviously, you know, we spoke last week a little bit about him and and, uh, how we perceived it as a potential signing now that it's happened. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm quite excited. I mean, I know Gaz did his uh, dog walk about it and said, essentially, you know, it, it seems like he's almost a, almost a Matty Virtue replacement um in in some respects so um yeah exciting prospect 24 loads of future in the game and we've got him on a two-year deal so um that's good times um absolutely yeah more please yeah more okay all right (laughs) (laughs) just chris going up can i have some more um yeah the uh next one came in yesterday as we're recording so wednesday um rico hackett has signed for the imps uh this was a deal that was rumored heavily in january um that we were we were after rico and uh yeah it's 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 happened um seems like persistence has paid off um i don't think we really knew what problem was in in january or whether there was just a, a fee that was associated that was too high um but you know it seems like they've stayed professional and kept the contact up and you know kept those lines of communication open and we've landed a man Absolutely. so uh, yeah yeah i believe what happened in january is um he was he was very close to becoming like a city player and uh, portsmouth were waiting to bring a player in before they ah, could okay. allow um, Rico Hackett to to then leave, they didn't manage to bring him in. So um, Rico didn't come to us, and I, I was led to believe that if Rico did come to us, then a player that is you know would have then left us and gone elsewhere. It's a bit of a that kind of chain reaction mm-hmm. that you often see in football. Um, but the first part of the chain didn't didn't happen, so the rest of it didn't either. Um, but yeah, good signing, three year deal. Um, so we've really kind of committed to him here. Um, there is a fee involved. We have absolutely no idea how much the fee is. I can't imagine it being a huge fee, no. but it's definitely a fee. Um, left-footed um, winger slash forward, really. Um, mm-hmm. So again, quite a physical, hard-working um, centre-forward. Um, hasn't really been massively prolific in the league, but he's been, he hasn't really had the opportunity to play a huge amount of games in a kind of a settled position at Portsmouth. Um, but yeah, he is versatile. Um, I think he'll be he'll have a really good competition for Ben House. He'll allow us to play um, wide players. He allows us to play two up top. He has played left wing back as well for Portsmouth. I don't know if we're signing him. In. I can't imagine we're signing him to be kind of a starter at left wing back. Um, but no. but he has he has filled in there as well. Um, 
One no, thing that really stood out to me on his interview, which was really nice, was that he said he felt really, he felt that he really, he was really wanted, and mm-hmm. you know, he felt that he really felt really welcome. So obviously, the, the interest, as you mentioned, from January, um, we've kept those communication lines open, and we've, we clearly want the player, someone that we really, we're clearly really interested in, and we've got absolutely no reason not to trust the recruitment team at the moment. So. Mm-hmm. I trust him. I think it's a, a positive signing, another forward in the door. You're never going to say no to that, are you? No, absolutely. And I think that one of the takeaways from you know this this signing and also uh, the the Smith signing, um, we spoke about this in our group chat where we said ultimately there does seem to be a couple of um, a couple of key things to take away from these two transfers. You know, the, the first one is yes, we've got some business done early. Obviously, those conversations have been happening for a while. Um, we've managed to beat several League One teams by the sounds of it um, to the signing of Alistair Smith yeah. um, and you know he was obviously very highly rated in the league below um, the fact that we're able to do that in this division is really promising to me um, you know we're not uh, it, it's a well known fact you know I think Liam's outright said it quite a few times like we don't pay signing on fees so the fact is we've not paid a signing on fee for Smith and we've managed to land him as a as a player that's a, you know that's got to be a credit absolutely um, yeah it shows it shows that is you know the, the the powers that be at the football club are, are presenting the, the on pitch opportunities to the players and making it really attractive it's not just like say right we'll pay you x amount of money mm. per week but we have it but you know as most clubs do at this level we'll have a a reasonably strict wage structure you've got to fit into it but we'll just we'll, you know we'll, we'll pad that out with a signing on fee we pay zero for a signing yeah. on fee um so and there's not many clubs that do that mm. so the, so the fact that you're attracting players that can really buy into the project i think that's a real positive it shows you sign the right sort of characters doesn't it yeah absolutely um and then you know the fact that we've been able to have a look at a, a player who's a, a team positioned higher in the league than us and take them away for a fee you know we're, we're kind of making the moves that i think people have almost been crying out for for last season you know we're starting the building blocks were put into place last year and we're starting to see the benefits of that now in these two signings um which to me bodes well for the rest of the transfer window so um yeah very very interesting stuff um before we do go on to some other little bits um gaz spoke to freddie webb from the p04 podcast um about Rico Hackett and uh, yeah there's about uh, 10 minutes or so from him here and after that we will come back and have a little ad and we'll talk some more Hello Imps uh, I am joined right now by Freddie from the PO Forecast uh, how you doing mate? Yeah I'm very well thanks Excellent, thank you very much for joining us obviously we don't have a game against Portsmouth coming up um, and given the games we had against Portsmouth this season, it's probably a good thing, I think they were both nil-nil dour boring affairs um, No, instead we're going to be talking about Lincoln City's latest signing, Rico Hackett you know all about him, we're, the, the club are calling him exciting, everybody's, get, everybody's kind of building up all his positives we've got Freddie here to give us the actual lowdown, this is a guy who's seen him play um, so just to kind of kick us off a little bit Tell us a little bit about Rico Hackett. Okay, so we signed Rico Hackett a while back now. Um, it was a Kenny Jacket signing from Bromley, and he came out of National League with a lot of promise. And um, essentially, yeah, a lot of people thought he was going <clears> to <throat> kick on and become a, become a football league winger for us. Had a loan spell at South End, and then he's been a part of the squad now properly for the last two seasons. Obviously, he was linked with the Imps in January. That transfer fell few. 
fell through from memory because Portsmouth were doing their deadline day dealings and wanted to keep him as a depth player. Really, it's a to sum it up. <clears throat> I think most Pompey fans don't mind that the sale's gone through, but I still reckon he's a reasonable player at League One level. I think most people would argue that they would say, "Oh, he's nice to have in around the squad to the squad at Pompey." But he was pretty much a squad depth player who could play on either wing and through the middle at times, depending on the, how the manager wanted to set up. Okay, Sam, because I mean, I think he started 27 games for you, but actually played in, in something more like 60-odd games. So was that purely a form thing, nothing sort of injury-based, anything like that? <clears throat> uh, I think he only had one or two little tweaks for injuries, but compared to other players, his health, health record was relatively clean. Um, I just double checking things on football, football reference. He played thirty three games. I think this is just league. Yes, it is We're, um, only eleven starts, so he was la- used largely off the bench in, in an attacking role. Um, one of the big things about Rico Hackett, which I think Imsans will really like, is his close control and his dribbling. He does like to dribble up players on occasion, and he, and his close control is very good. His touch is excellent. So he's able to, for example, when he's pressed very high and and there's two defenders and there's two defenders around him, he can wiggle his way out and then play the outlet pass, which is very good. That could be either on the wing or down the middle, playing at ten. But the only problem is he is very one-footed. He's a left-footer. He's played on the right and the left. Um, whenever he's played on the right, I think one of the problems is it does take a while to get onto his strong foot. So, for, for example, when he, sometimes he takes too long on that side so the defenders can come around, come back, get into their shape and block things off. But when he when he is on the ball, he's very comfortable with it, though. Um, again, like I said, the good co- close control, can find a pass. His off-the-ball movement around the penalty area is also very good. He scored a lot of goals in cup games. And his movement off the ball is reminiscent of a striker. I think he played up front for Bromley as well. So he's got that that about him as well. Can peel away from a defender quite well. Um, but I think the reason why he didn't play very much for Ports of starting at any rate was that he wasn't an archetypal pacey winger or a pacey inside forward who would just go all out at the fullback, cut onto their strong foot to either have a shot on goal or put a cross into the box. Um, it, it seemed like really many fans would look at him and go, Hang on, is he a winger? Should he be played out wide? Or he, because whenever I personally saw him play in an untemperate, I thought he was quite comfortable and it worked to a certain extent. But some of his outlet passing and some of his and was quite slow. And like I said, he is quite one-footed. So that's probably one of the reasons why other options were preferred over him, I think. Okay, well, yeah, I think you've covered <laughs> most of my, my, certainly my next two questions in terms of strengths or weaknesses, but I have heard about this left foot. Um, a couple of comments about good with free kicks, can strike a ball, can deliver a ball from out wide as well. Um, is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, I think it was mentioned in the Portsmouth News, the local paper, that John Bassino really liked um, Hackett shooting and his strike of the ball. He scored a couple of excellent goals. One of the, one of them was a free kick. He's also prone to a shot from 25 yards or so. And that's usually very accurate. He can strike a ball really well from different places, which is one of the positive sides about him. Um, I think that's probably mainly because in the National League, he has played as a striker before. So his movement in the around the box is quite good. 
and he can strike a ball properly, which is excellent. One of the few bonuses that he has. Okay, and I mean, in terms of weaknesses, they you talked kind of about his his right foot. I've heard he's particularly one footed. Is is that when I say one of his only weaknesses? Is that the one that stands out? Is there anything else from from your personal point of view that you think mm, could do with a little bit of work? Yeah, one of, one of the biggest weaknesses is, is the fact that he's one footed. Um, like I said, one one of the big problems for Portsmouth as a whole last season was slow attacking play, and when Hackett was on Bron's side, if the ball wasn't played to a strong foot. He played on the wrong side as well, so he was sometimes a right winger. Also, he played like an inside winger. So when he received the ball, it took maybe a few a few touches to get onto a strong foot. But then by that time, obviously, the defence came back and they're packed into the penalty area, which reduces the chance a tad. That's one of the things that I didn't really like that much. Um, his close control is good, but his, his dribbling didn't jump out at me. Like I said, he wasn't like an archetypal winger bombing it down both sides in a traditional sense, which depending on how the Ips want to play, they might want that more traditional attacking winger. But like I said, he's got other aspects of his game that are quite good. So that's why I always thought it was a bit, it was a bit strange how sometimes he was played out on the wing. I think it depends how um, the Lincoln City manager wants to play him, to be honest. I think that's quite interesting. I mean, we play kind of a, a 3-4-3. We're not loaded with strikers. So I think having an option for somebody who can play out wide and can play through the centre is very good. Um, there's also a suggestion from some of our supporters that we might be looking for somebody playing left wing back. Is that something that sounds like it, it would suit him or not? From memory, he played a few games at wing back before under Danny Cowley. Um, wasn't a large enough of a sample size to give like a proper definitive comment on it um i would say that i don't think he would have the defensive capabilities to play as a wing back he's quite tall so he's he'll be able to sometimes win the ball from set pieces and so on but i really I, I would i would rather play him as a winger than a wing back or even as a number 10 or through the middle um largely because that's what he's mostly played as um it will take him a, a while to get used to being a wing back i think if he's asked to do that um, but if you play like a three-four-three, for example, he he could be one of the front three with the striker up top. I think that'd be perfectly fine, rather than him being one of the four in the middle. Okay, that's cool because they do tend to tend to tuck in a little bit as well. So like a tight to three, and then the wing backs are almost operating as wingers. So it sounds like sounds like that'll be a position that suits him. I mean, any, anything about him off the field? You know, we, certainly you mentioned Danny Cowley there. Danny Cowley was a big per, big for personalities and you've got to be the right person off the field um was he did he seem like he had a, a good attitude around the club yeah absolutely he, he was fully ingratiated in the community in Pompey um went out to a lot of those community things that were going on gave a nice message on social media about um leaving as well he, he got frustrated at times with lack of playing time and other things but that's that's just footballers aren't they here that that's nothing to be concerned about at all um but like I said from Pompey's perspective it was good to get a fee for him, I think, because thinking about it, he wasn't going to start in a 4-2-3-1 on either wing, I don't think. And I don't think they looked at him as a proper option, as a number 10 either. And I think we were moving away from like the 4-3-3 or the 3-4-3. The so that option wasn't there either. So I think from Pompey's perspective, it was good to get a fee for him. I think Lincoln have signed a solid player, um, even though he hasn't had that like long stretch of playing every week. I think that would be a bit different for him because 
he was in and out of the team at Pompey for a fair bit. He would have long strings of sub appearances, but that can be that's entirely different to, let's say, he was starting on um, the right hand side of that three four three, for example. If he's doing that every single week for like four months, then you'll have to see how he goes. I suppose yeah, that's something you won't be used to. Sam, thank you very much. Um, if you're if you're happy, just kind of moving away from from Rico Hackett, because you've given us a great overview in him. Um, obviously, we're going to be uh, League One rivals again this season. I think you've been busy in the transfer market today. Is it Connor Shaughnessy, Christian Sadie, possibly? Um, how do things feel at Portsmouth? Is is it transitional? How's John Massinio taken over from the Messiah that is Danny Cowley? Um, what, what's things like there? Well, uh, today's been a bit of a breeze with uh, three signings coming in. Connor Shaughnessy from Burton, Christian Sadie, um, who was on loan at Shrewsbury from Bournemouth. I think Portsmouth were looking at Christian Sadie beforehand. He was previously on trial. And they brought in Will Norris, a goalkeeper, um, who played at Peterborough as well. I haven't looked into those players in detail. I've I've seen them play on and off, but I haven't. You know, that's entirely different from, you know, taking half an hour to look at them all individually and stuff. But they seem like solid League One players in their prime who can improve, I think, we do, which is a, which is a big thing. John Massino has come across very well in Pompey, I think. Um, tactically, he's very astute. He wants his players to be on it all, on it all the time with the high press, like, likes a proper attacking brand of football as well, which is nice. And uh, it's a bit strange because this is his first summer where he's moulding his own squad together with... Um, alongside the director of football, Rich Hughes, who was at Forest Green as well. So we'll have to wait and see a bit. It's going to be very different. Um, it was a shame about Danny Cowley, but Pompey went, I think it was like what one league win in 15 games, and there was no going back from that. I think it was a mixture of when a manager starts changing the formation, like almost every game rapidly, all the changes are happening all sorts at different times. It kind of lost him a bit. There was also controversy as well with the uh, the medical team at Pompey where there were criticisms about players' injuries at the time, how often they were happening, how long players were out for. Like one week they would say they were back and then they wouldn't be seen for another month and they'd supposedly be injured. I think Tom Lowry was the main one. And then the medical team did a thing of uh, coming out in the news pretty much just before the end of the season, I think, with a massive dossier saying how under Danny Cowley the injuries had spiked compared to what they were under Kenny Jackett and all sorts of reasons, which I don't think I've ever seen a medical team and a former manager throwing shade at each other. That was very strange. So under John Massino, hopefully we'll get some stability together, but hey, it's it's Pompey in League One. The goal uh, for the fans and the aim is always promotion, isn't it? That's just, that's the expectation that's always there, um, regardless of how much money is spent and so on. Smashing. Look, Freddie, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us some insight into Rico Hackett and into your season. Uh, look forward to hopefully speaking to you um, on the podcast uh, as we go through the season. And, and maybe maybe we might actually see a Lincoln City goal against Portsmouth because I don't think we've had an awful lot of joy out of you over the last couple of seasons. So thank you very much, Freddie. Yeah, always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope that the games against Lincoln won't be nil-nil draws. I think, I think it'll be a nice change for the fair fans of both, both sides, I think. <laughs> Smash it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there we go. Thanks to Freddie and Gaz for uh, giving us a little bit on Rico Hackett. So main things from that, obviously, you know, you mentioned he, he could play as a striker if we uh, if we needed him to. Um, he's played wing back, but he's not the best there. Um, I mean, we've seen we've seen in the past, you know, wingers that that can play wing back and and done okay. I mean, you know, thoughts immediately go to Harry Anderson. Um, Sounds like he has, you know, I saw this from some of the, the tweets from Portsmouth fans leave, uh, as he was leaving as well, saying he's got an absolute wand of a left foot. Um, so, you know, that's that's exciting. Uh, likes to take on players um, and he likes to have a pop from distance, which I think is something we've not really seen from too many people over the past few seasons, is it? Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't scored many from range or we haven't really attempted that many from range. Might have virtue had a couple last season, but apart from that, I can't really place, place nah. too much in open play. I was to say outside of free kicks. I mean, obviously, you know, the, when you think of long range free kicks, you immediately think back to that pile driver from uh, from Jason Shackle a while back. But of course, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like he's you know the kind of player that that Mark was was desperate for um, towards the end of the season. You know, that that player with a bit of pace, that player with the, the energy and the the drive, essentially, to kind of you know push on and, and get people off the seats. And it's, it's such a cliche, but it's true. Yeah, um, we all like to see. Let's be honest, you know. Um, we all like to see forwards. You know, everyone likes a forward. Everyone likes a you know a, a hard-working, aggressive centre forward or a forward player, wide forward that's going to take players on, get in the box, get shots away. It gets fans off the seats. You know, we can all appreciate holding midfielder. We all know that Ethan Irohan is the best player in the world. But um, <laughs> but let's not be you know let's let's not beat around the bush. It's just exciting. It's more exciting to sign a forward than it is to sign a defender. As as much as we can be as honest and pragmatic about these as we possibly can. We all like to see it, don't we? We all yeah. like to see it. So there's no we've got one through the door, early doors. It's good. Yeah. Um, and just to go back actually very quickly, when I say that we, we've not seen that many shots from distance, I'm not counting Lass's goal um, <laughs> for fairly obvious reasons. <laughs> anyway. the epitome of a man just full of confidence, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Fair play. Oh, what, a, what a moment. Um, yeah, I mean, it does sound like he's he's not the best on his right foot, so we, we'd probably see him, you know, primarily on that on the left wing, or 
as the inverted winger and you know on and, and cutting in on his right, uh, cutting in on his left, sorry, from the right. But um, yeah, obviously that seems that's probably an area to work on. But who cares if you've got a you know, if you've got an absolute peach of a shot from your left? It's it's not going to be the the biggest thing to work on, is it? So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see uh, what can be done. I did sort of take a little bit of a look at him in January when I knew that the rumor was was there and that we were after him. Um, and like you said, he's he's had uh, I guess as in the article, he's sixty times in uh, in League One for Pompey, twenty seven of which were starts, scoring seven goals. So um, yeah, you know, seven from sixty doesn't necessarily sound like the best return, but you know, if he's if he's a if he's used as a winger, he will uh, you know gets past people, you know, beats his man, drops a shoulder and goes past him. Don't think there's going to be too many complaints as long as he provides as well as uh, yeah, as well definitely. as a shot. Doesn't he? Um, ben House hadn't hit double figures at any point for Eastleigh yep. before we'd signed him. So you know, like we say, you, you can't you can't read too much into 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 those kind of statistics unless it's over a long. You know, if someone's guaranteed they scored 10, 15, 20 goals every season for five seasons, you can be pretty convinced yeah. that that's going to be transferable. But like Stockton, for example, as much as we'd all welcome the signing, he's only had one really prolific season in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just happens to score against us generally. And then we notice, <laughs> don't we? Uh, um, but yeah, so like like I said, it's, 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 it's the statistics, just looking at games played and goals scored is a bit simplistic. I'd say, I'd say dig a yeah. little bit deeper. If you're interested in looking at like the numbers, dig deeper. Um, and, and try and find some different metrics because I think that, that tends to say a slightly bigger picture then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's always the headline grabber, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. 20 goals a season. Oh, great, yeah. And then you kind of have to look at a little bit more and, and see the rest. But, um, yeah, very promising start to the transfer window. Um, obviously, you know, it sounds like there are more to come. Um, well, I'd certainly hope there are more to come. Um, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like, you know, things are, things are moving. One thing that could help us um quite substantially is the uh the news about the players that can be signed without a work permit yeah this was announced on wednesday so yesterday as we were recording um by the home office i'm sure football clubs were were made aware of this um a while ago but i I don't think it was really it was it came as a surprise to me i don't think it was particularly expected out outside of um clubs so for those Mm. of you that haven't heard um in the last two or three years, um, work permit rules have become a lot more strict. There's like a tiered system and there's like a point system depending on um, international appearances played, what league you've played in, which dictates whether you're able to come and play in this country or not. Um, under the current rules, um, we wouldn't have actually been able to sign Lewis Montsmer, for example. So mm-hmm. that kind of real kind of value that we've got from from scouting and casting our net slightly wider. So basically, if football clubs are trying to be smart in their recruitment and, and, and cast their net a little bit wider and find value elsewhere. Certainly at our level, it became almost impossible to do that. Um, and then what's happened in the last couple of days is is new rules from kind of from now, really from this, this next transfer window, is you'll actually be able to sign a couple of players Per win uh, per season, who would normally not not pass that current work permit criteria. So that means from now we actually would be able to sign the likes of a Lewis Monsma. Um, before the current um, rules came in, or the most recent rules came in, um, when we were still part of the EU, we were able to then, of course, sign players from the EU, and then all of them would be eligible. Which of course meant that our our net was cast around Europe. Whereas now, actually, these two players can 
it's not restricted to Europe. It could be from anywhere. We could sign someone from Chile, from the USA, from Japan uh, as well. I'm not saying we will, um, but what it means is that smart recruitment teams that try and find value outside of the regular markets that most clubs are shopping in are able to do that again. And let's mm-hmm. be honest, we've, we've got a pretty good track record of being pretty smart in that regard. So uh, obviously Monster is a standout, but even you know things like Sean Rowan, like cause the, you know, um, Republic of Ireland has, has been notoriously quite difficult to sign players from, even though we've been reasonably successful with it because the rules still applied before. Um, so yeah, it's, it's useful. Um, so in League 1 and League 2, um, you get two players. Um, and then in the Championship in the Premier League, it's up to four, um, but only if they um, hit quite strict um, homegrown criteria in their current quota of players. So so as, as far as um, we're all concerned, really, and as far as Nicky City concerns, we can sign two players that wouldn't normally pass the work permit uh, criteria, um, and they can be part of our part of our squad. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to know how long clubs have known about this. Yeah, that, um, that's and, my and to see how much work might be going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's my immediate thought because it's. It, I just get this. I just get the kind of vision of of you know the the recruitment guys sat there with a big list and a big folder, like a huge fat folder full of pictures and documents, and then it's like, as soon as this goes through, we can go. <laughs> You know, and just sat there. But um, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, definitely the ability to to kind of go out there and and use the networks that were probably set up before a lot of the stuff with with Brexit and everything happened. Um, obviously, the the club have been quite uh, quite honest about the way that you know we signed Lewis Monsmer and how that's not going to be able to happen anymore. Um, so it's it's interesting to see you know where we might start to uh you know the ponds we might start to fish in shortly um yeah, yeah. So. definitely uh just gives us an, uh, another option doesn't it it allows us to find yeah. those little those little pieces of good value elsewhere really doesn't it so yeah, exactly. yeah. i'm not i'm not expecting us to go out and you know announce two two players from you know the german third tier tomorrow or anything <laughs> like that but it means that those sort of um like you say those sort of pod ponds can now be um, fished in and it's not necessarily a case of thinking you know some people might be there thinking well I don't know if I really fancy the club spending all the money on you know paying scouts to go and you know visit teams in Germany and Japan and the States but mm. it's actually most of the scouting's done digitally now there, there are so many good platforms that give you so much data um, so, you know and, and different clubs will have different different platforms that are used but there's so much data out there so much you but, are talking yourself out of you know potentially going out as a, a freelance scout <laughs> oh well, what a that's my dream job it's that all right my dream I'll, job. I'll go to the barbados league it's fine <laughs> uh yeah happily please i want to be first dibs <laughs> for that but the point i'm making is there'd be all these other leagues outside of the uk mm-hmm. which would have all this data that we have access to but was not even worth looking through because we couldn't sign anyone from it yeah now that becomes open, um, it creates more work, but you might you've got more more chances to find that little diamond. So yeah. yeah, it's it's just I just think it's really exciting. And for anyone that plays football manager, it's been really annoying being doing a, a save with an English team in the last <laughs> couple of years with these new rules in because you can't go and find all those wonder kids and those those, those really good value players from the obscure leagues because you're not allowed to sign them. Whereas we can now, so that's that's better for next season. Find the next Cherno Samba. Oh, what a what a player. <laughs> I think BBC News actually did an article on him not long ago when they said like this is the person that everybody signed on Football Manager. <laughs> he was um, so good. He was yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. Um I can't remember what he did. He, it was something relatively obscure now, but uh yeah, you know, I think he's he made the best of it and uh 
did a lot of uh, sort of charity work um, off the back of his football manager success. So yeah, fair enough. Um, but we are getting towards the end now. I think um, you know, following the, the two the two chats that we've had inside uh, inside the podcast, we're going to wrap up uh, with a little bit of a conversation around Sean Rowan. Um, he's kind of said. Uh, where was it? It was the uh, Irish Independent. Um, he had an interview and he, he sort of said, you know, um, that he's been really happy with how many games he's played this year for Lincoln. Um, and the wording was at one point that, you know, he'd be happy to stay at Lincoln. Um, but it was that kind of, I'd be happy to stay at Lincoln, but mm-hmm. that kind of a, you know, that kind of intonation by the sounds of it. Um, uh, yeah, he said, you know, I can't thank Lincoln enough for what they've done for me, putting trust in me, um, and for the manager for playing me in dis- different positions. Um, and then it says, you know, um, I have really enjoyed my time at Lincoln, but now it comes down to whatever happens in the next couple of weeks. I trust the people who deal with it. So uh, he then also says, goes on to say, you know, there could be something better out there. Um, and a football career isn't long and, all, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you, putting yourself in his shoes, you understand it. You know, yeah, he's coming to his contract here. Um, you, you're going you're gonna to have have a little bit of window shopping and see what else might be out there. Just, just you know, doesn't necessarily mean you want to, you know, that you're unhappy where you are, but there might be some, there might be something that allows you to progress your career. Let's put ourselves in our own roles in, mm-hmm. at work, you know. I like my job. I genuinely do. Um, I don't not actively looking to leave, but if the opportunity came to you know take a real big step up somewhere, then you're not going to just not look at it, are you? You're going to you're going to you're going to investigate and have a look. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's fair enough. Scout with a chance for a trip to Barbados. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if that came <laughs> if, that, if that somehow came across <laughs> me, then I'm, yeah, we still need to, to to turn it down. Um, so yeah, I, I think we we could all go without saying that we'd all like him to stay. I think we'd all welcome that, um, and I would be disappointed to see him leave. Um, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Um, I feel that if he had another, if he signed a deal, I would imagine that whatever deal that we put on the table for him, it's not going to be a one-year deal. It's going to be at least no. a two-year deal, which means if he has another season in in League One playing as regularly as he did last season, potentially making that left-sided centre-back role his own. I think that's his long-term position, personally. Yeah, well, he, seen- he said in he said in the interview that you know he wished he played a little bit more in centre-back. So that's that's clearly his preferred choice. Fair enough. Yeah, and so. He has the opportunity to do that this season if he stays. This time next year, he'll have a year left in his deal. He'll have another year of league one football on his on, on his CV at centre half as well. Maybe he'll have bigger and better opportunities then than he does now. Um, maybe clubs would be more than happy to pay the type of fee that we're looking for at the moment in a year's time with that little bit extra proof I suppose and experience yeah. and because for those people that don't that, that are very unsure as to kind of how this all works because he's under the age of 23 um, or under the age of 24 he's 23 and under um, even though um, he is out of contract and can be offered a contract at another club um, we would still be due a fee for that mm-hmm. because of it's like a development fee basically and because of the players that are younger and um, that fee I believe and please don't quote me on this people but as far as we're aware I think it's it's set or there's, a, there's a kind of a, a range where it can be set by the club that he would be leaving. Um, and if uh, the club that's offering a new contract agrees to that fee, then that's the fee that's paid and then that everyone moves on happily. Um, if a fee cannot be agreed, um, then it will go to a tribunal and the tribunal will decide what that fee actually is. And then it's the, the buying club has to pay it. Um, so 
as far as we're aware, that's that's how the system works. Um, but I think I think to be honest with you, from what reading between the lines and what Sean said there, it's 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 up to him to weigh up those whatever those options are. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and 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 we don't we don't know if he's got any other options on the table. If it's just talks, if there's a genuine serious offer there or not, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, and again, you know, I, I think much the same as what we've said with regards to Regan Paul. I think the the, the the chance, if the chance comes up for him to sign a, a deal with a bigger club or you know in, in the league above, I don't think anybody could really begrudge him. Um, I've, I've seen maybe one or two people say, "Oh, you know, if his heart's not in it, then why do we want him?" It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, I think so. Know, I think particularly a, particularly a... with a player at this you know at this kind of age. Exactly. I mean, we've, you know, we've just seen. Um, uh, you know, we've just seen Alistair Smith come in. He's 24. You know, he's obviously just past that threshold um, of, of needing to, to pay the fee and the arbitration and everything. But um, yeah, for, for a player of that age to kind of make the next step in his career, I I can't blame him at all. Yeah, I, whatever I think he decides to do. The similarity you, you, you bring with Paul there, I think I, I kind of agree and disagree because I agree. Obviously, there's a similarity that he's out of contract, and that mm. if he did go to a to a a club in the next division up, we're not going to begrudge him the move. I agree with that. I do think their situations are different though, because let's be oh, honest, yeah. in, in, in Regan Paul's situation, in terms of his career, not in terms of the benefit of Lincoln City, but in terms of his career, I don't think he would benefit greatly from staying at Lincoln for another year. No, that's, that's fair, yeah. Whereas I feel that Sean Rowan's career could actually yeah. greatly benefit from another season with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his stock might be even higher this time next year if he has another positive season like he has. And he'll still only be, what, 19, 20 at that point. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Um, I'd like him to stay. I would very much like him to stay. Like we all, we all want to see you know good young players that have come through our own system to stay at the club. Um, but if we get some pennies for him and, and it's good for his career, then he goes with with our well wishes. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the news this week. Um, the one thing that I, I we've mentioned it briefly um, again in our in our chat, but. The one thing that's that stood out to me with the announcement so far is that the contract lengths have been quite front and centre. Yeah, that's been really uh, interesting. I don't yeah. know what the thinking is behind that. Um, I like no. it just because I like to know. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we, we've said before, like this this long term contract is a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Smith deal was announced, I kind of posited, you know, they've announced it's a two year deal. So does that mean that short term is one year, long term is three year? And then they came out and said, "Oh, Rico Hackett signed on a three year deal." And I went, "Well, yeah. that's just put my theory to the yeah, to good point." It's, yeah, I don't know the thinking behind it. Um, maybe the, the the theory is we just don't need to keep this amount of secrecy that maybe we did. Um, mate, I don't know. I don't know. I've no idea. None of us know um, what the no. reason is behind it. I like it. I like to know these things. Um, I think personally, I think we, sh- we should all maybe it should be just common knowledge anyway. Um, not necessarily transfer yeah. fees. I understand why yeah. um, it's common to have an undisclosed transfer fee. It protects both clubs. Um, I completely understand that. But in terms it's of contract length, though, oh, it's annoying. We all want to know, <laughs> but I get it. I don't yeah. necessarily see the benefit in hiding the um, the contract lengths because all the clubs know. All the clubs yes. know. So in terms of players that are going to be out of contract at the end of the season or next season, in terms of recruitment, they know it all already. So I don't know what the benefit is to keeping it secret to just, just public knowledge in that regard. So yeah, it, it, you know, I suppose long, as well. Long may if, it continue. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and I suppose as well, you know, if, if Smith comes in and has an absolute blistering season for us, then suddenly his value absolutely skyrockets. And, you know, next summer it's like, right, well, he's got a year left on his deal. So 
we might be swimming in offers for him. Who knows? That's, you know, forgive me, that's the model. Um, but that's, that's the hope of most clubs at this level. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've maybe been a little bit more front and centre about it and we've been really more outward about it for a lot of football clubs. If, you're, if you've got a player that's got a, a year left in his deal and they've had an absolute blinder of a season, you want to sell them for a bit yeah. big fee. That's that that keeps your recruitment going for the next year or two. It's it's, it's part of how good football clubs run. So, yeah, maybe disclosing disclosing that actually is the hope that this time next year that that is the case, and it helps justify a decision. You get what well, the other year left in his deal. Everyone mm. knows he had a year left in his deal. We either take the money now or we lose him for free at the end of the season. Yeah. So, if everyone knows where everyone stands, it makes those conversations a bit more clearer i suppose i don't know don't know the reason why but i like it yeah absolutely i I think it's 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 you know a good thing that some may put it in the blanket of transparency but who knows who knows that's going to do us uh for this week's episode of the stacy west podcast it's a little bit of a shorter one for a record but not necessarily for you listening because i think we've got about 25 minutes of interviews in there as well so it'll be good um I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about. You've not got a cup final to plug. Um, <laughs> no, 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 not yet. <laughs> not yet. Confidence, like it. Um, we've, got to, we've got to try and defend it, haven't we? <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's going to do us. I think, obviously, you know, the, the, the obvious thing for us to say is, uh, you know, all the best to Gary uh, on Saturday. We'll see him there anyway. But Of course. You know, we're going to have a few pints. It'll be fun. It'll be a great day. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, provided we don't melt. Yeah. Because it's, it's getting warm, isn't it? It is um, a bit. But, uh, yeah, until then, um, I won't be on next week. So, uh, you know, you can celebrate as you need to. Um, depending on how much news there is next week, I'm sure there'll be something. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll try and put something out. Like I said, it, it, it's very much dictated by news at the moment you know if, if not a lot happens there's not a lot for us to talk about but if a lot yeah. happens then there's plenty so yeah we'll, we'll put something I, out hopefully i was kind of hoping that we'd have a uh, a quieter week i was thinking oh you know won't have a podcast this week it'll be fine you know i've been in london london a couple of days this week so like yeah it'll all be good have a nice relaxing thursday it's like no cool we've signed two players you're talking about <laughs> it as well. right okay That's all um, good. so yeah next week maybe but uh, until then up the imps up the imps the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.